Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. I know that they're passing the offering and all that, and so I don't want to mess you up with that, but I'm going to. Uh, so this is what I'm going to ask every single person to do this morning. Would you, right where you're at, stand to your feet for just a moment, all right? little church calisthenics this morning for you, okay? So we're going to play stand-up, sit-down church for, for today. Uh, no, we don't do that here. But here's the deal. How, how many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> All right, you're recovering from that too. Okay, so here's what I want to ask you to do this morning, all right? I, I'm going to ask you, like, like if this is your first time, we're about you. We're about the guests. We want you to have just the most incredible experience. We're not going to embarrass you or anything like that. We just want you to, man, uh, just be here and allow God to speak to you. We want to create an atmosphere for God to show up, and we're going to expect. But here's what I'm going to ask for everybody here today, because uh, I wasn't here last week. Brent was preaching. Uh, I got to preach at the church. I was a youth pastor. That was fun. And so today, I need you to be like rowdy. Can you be rowdy? <laughs> Maybe some of you can. I, I, so this is okay. Like, like I have a message today that I believe God wants me to share, but this is participatory, okay? And so I'm going to get you involved, and, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to go till there's either one or two left, and we're going to play a little game this morning in church. We don't ever play games. It's been 10 years. I think it's the first game we've ever played in 10 years of our church Sunday morning. So I'm going to ask you a question, and it's based on something, and, and we'll, we'll unpack this in a moment, but if you agree, or this is what you would do, stay standing. If this is not what you do, we've got to take the, you know, I'm, I'm trusting your decision here this morning. Uh, if you disagree with this, you have to sit down. Now, how many of you, okay, if you would ever walk into a restaurant, fast food, fine dining, middle of the road, wherever, bar, grill, don't care, okay, you walk into a restaurant and you would ever or you have ever ordered a hamburger or a cheeseburger, stay standing. If not, sit down. All right, so some of you are down. All right. Most of you, we have high iron in our red meat going on here. All right. Now, how many of you, if you would order like beef on your burger, stay standing. If you would order like vegan or turkey or chicken, sit down. Okay. All right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Ew it out, man. Come on. I want to hear about your preference this morning. All right. Now, how many of you, when you walk in, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to eliminate about half of you right now. You have your choice of how it is done. You've got medium, okay? You've got medium rare, you have rare, or hockey puck. And so, here's what I want to ask you this morning. If you would not, and if you don't order like me, you have to sit down. I order mine medium rare. If you do not, sit down. Because you're all wrong. Can we, come on, who's, who's standing still? Come on, give yourself a hand. Alright, hold up. Now... Now let's see if let's see if you are are a saved version of burger ordering yet. Okay, now you get in there and you order. You've got the che- you got the cheese decision to make. Okay, and so you got here's your choices. You have provolone. All right, you've got pepper jack. You got your American cheese or your blue cheese crumbles. If you would order anything other than blue cheese crumbles, sit down. These are my people. All right, all right. <laughs> All right. Alan's still standing in the back, one of our ushers. Okay, so you talk to me later. We'll get lunch today. All right, all right. Hey, all right, here's the deal. Do you see how quickly I eliminated all of us based on one preference? Okay. 
Stinky feet. I have blue cheese stinky feet. Okay, shout it out. So here's what I'm going to do. I want you to be rowdy this morning, okay? Can you, I want you to be loud. I want you to be a little crazy. I want the people online who are watching right now to be like, what is happening at this church? They're nuts. That's what I want them to think right now. So if you agree, I'm going to give you two options. You shout the one that you love, okay? You're going to disagree with your neighbor and your spouse, and we're going to set up marriage counseling appointments this week. The whole It's going to be great. All right, McDonald's or Burger King? Taco Bell or Taco John's? Florida or Alaska? Ooh, pretty passionate on that one. Some people need to take a vacation. All right. Reebok or Nike? Got to choose one. Hey, no, no, no. You got to choose one. None of this New Balance crap. All right. So here, all right, here we go. All right. Ford or Chevy? Okay. All right. State Fair or Valley Fair? You are my people. All right. I think I heard one Valley Fair. That was it. All right. Skiing or snowboarding? Some of you didn't say anything. He's like, I've never gone. All right. right. Okay. Toilet paper under or over? Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Who said neither? (laughs) Wow. Not even going there. More bass or less bass? Rock or country or rap or classical or folk or jazz or metal? (laughs) Quick Trip or Casey's? If you work at Casey's, this is not a PSA this morning. iPhone or Android? Mac or PC? It's getting edgy in here. Coke or Pepsi? Who said Pepsi? Whoever said Pepsi, you are wrong. You are wrong. Polaris or Articat? And last, and this is the most important one, this one, tell me if you are a saved Christian, born again, sanctified, going to see God when you die or you're going to hell. No, that's a joke. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, Ken is a yes or no, and I want you to shout this out with every ounce of your being this morning. Because this will tell you whether I can be your friend or not. Loud. Here you go. This is it. Last one. Can pineapple go on pizza? more. I don't want you to shout these out. Just listen now. Just listen. What do you prefer in church? Oh no, it's going to get real. Do you prefer the hymns or the contemporary music? Don't, you, don't, don't throw yourself under the bus yet. We'll do that later. Do you come to church for the mingling or the music or the message? Which one's the most important to you? Don't shout it out. Shh. Shh. You're going to throw yourself under the bus. You're getting in trouble. It's going to be bad. And I'm going to have to use you as an illustration on stage. Don't do that. All right. Is it about the new people at church or those that have been here a long time? Is it the King James Version, the NIV Version, the ESV Version, the Living Version, the New King James Version, or the loudest one, the Amplified? <laughs> is it about big church or is it about small church? Is the church an organization or an organism? Is it about outreach or is it about discipleship? Which one's important to you? What are your, what are your preferences? Now, here's what I want to do this morning. Now that we've got you, I got you riled up, okay? Now I'm going to have a message that's literally going to kick all of our butts this morning, okay? So if you're okay with that, say amen. Yeah. 
If you're not convicted today, then allow the Holy Spirit to work on your heart. Because as I was writing this this morning, or not this morning, this week, I realized, yeah, this morning. Yeah, I've been up since one in the morning. As I was writing this this week, I learned that there's areas of my heart that I have to heal. Okay? And, and, and allow the Holy Spirit right now, between you and Him, we're not going to do some big crazy, you know, lift your hand if you have issues, because we all do, all right? Figure out this morning what your issue is. What is it that God's working on you? Because right now, your preferences to you are the most important. That's who God created you to be. But the person right next to you has different preferences, all right? And, and that's the person you like. What about the person you don't like? You know, they might not have the same preference either. So what do we do with that? And I want to introduce you here this morning uh, to a friend of mine. And before I put him up, I'm going to show you. He's, he's a really good friend of mine. But what happens is we end up looking like this when our preferences become so important or other people's do. They look at your preference and they're like, they shout out things. See, I'm going to throw you under the bus right now. They shout out things like, you like blue cheese on your burger? That's like smelly feet. You like, or I got to make sure I shout Pastor Bob Mac really loud because that's the best over PC. I agree with him, but that's besides the point. And what happens is that's okay to have those preferences until they do something and they get a disease. And when our preferences get a disease, what happens is they start foaming at the mouth. You know, they almost become like a rabid pet. They become something that looks disgusting. And we go, well, this is the most important thing to me. And when people look at us with our preference and it gets in the way of us being able to be a Christian with them or in front of them, what they see and what they view is my good friend Hammy right here. Okay? That, this is what they see. When they look at a Christian where it's like, I don't know my preference. If you don't vote blue, I can't talk to you. If you don't vote, vote red, you're dead. You know? And you're just, you're foaming at the mouth. And, and, and here's the real problem, guys. Listen, listen, listen. It's okay to have your preference. That's okay. That's all right. But the moment that it allows somebody to not have a journey to receive eternal life, then God get me out of the way, please, is my prayer. Don't ever allow that preference to stand in the way of what God wants to do in somebody. Are you awake this morning? Yeah. We don't want to look like that, do we? All right? Okay. Don't look like Hammy, man. I love the movie. If you haven't seen Over in the Hedge in the Wild, it's a great, funny, funny movie. But how many know preferences? You know what? We just didn't start developing preferences this week, did we? You know, preferences, they're, they're kind of a, a new age thing. It's a new cultural movement, preferences. You know, Bible really doesn't talk about preferences, does it, at all? I mean, you know, uh, well, let's, let's, let's look at this because this is nothing new this morning, all right? Here it is, and I want to open up. If you have a Bible, I'm going to turn to Luke chapter 10 in just a moment. Not quite yet, but if you want to read along with me, you're going to want to go to Luke chapter 10 and then put a finger there because we're then going to read uh, Genesis 29 in a little bit. So if, you, if you're following along, uh, and also if you're new with us and you're going, man, I don't have a Bible yet. What's really cool with technology today is you can have hundreds of different versions right on your phone. Whether you have an Android or an iPhone, okay? One of those is the right one, by the way. But if you go to a version app, Y-O-U version, you can follow along with any of them. It's a great app. My wife talked about our plan. We're doing that in the app right now. It's free. It's no cost. The church uh, made it, uh, and they have given it out to everybody for free. It's awesome. This is nothing new, though. Let me read for you, before we get to Luke chapter 10, something that happens in Matthew chapter 10. 
Jesus uh, says this. Uh, these twelve, or not Jesus' words, yeah, excuse me. Matthew chapter ten, verse five. It says, "These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions." And then he said, "Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans." All right, so here's what's interesting. Why would Jesus say, disciple, go tell all the world, but, hey, whoa, hold up, don't go to the Gentiles, those of non-Jewish origin, or to the Samaritans, and to them the Samaritans was an evil people, and we'll unpack that in a moment, and, and basically there was some deep hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans, and, and, and some of it could be because the Samaritans were unclean, there's, there's a lot of different commentary on why, and I don't want to get into that this morning, but I want to get to this story that if you haven't heard, you've probably heard a reference to it in our culture today, and that's if you go and you do a good deed today, somebody, I agree, somebody would say, you are a good what? See, good Samaritan. You're a good Samaritan. And so we have taken this incredible biblical parable that Jesus uses, and he says, and now we use it to just say, hey, we're just going to be kind. And there's so much more depth to this parable than we realize that I want you to catch today, because a lot of it, honestly, I look at as preferential treatment that you and I do, not only to others, but to ourselves. Because sometimes it's so much easier for us to look at somebody else's preference when it's wrong than realize that ours is not right. It's a tough thing to say amen to. I'm very impressed. Nice job. So, here's what happens. You have a Jewish man, and it's assumed he's Jewish because he's walking from Jerusalem to the city of Jericho, and he's walking down this windy road. And he gets beaten, he gets, you know, left for dead, robbed, everything. And he's left there on the side of the road, and there's two gentlemen that pass by. Um, you know, one is a, a Levite, and one is a, a priest. Priests come out of the uh, Levite clan, and, and so they're both Jewish people, and, and they walk on the other side of the road. They don't even help him. They just keep walking. And, and so for a long time, I think I looked at this story incorrectly. And I looked at this story as, well, man, the whole story is about the Good Samaritan. And so let's, let's read it. Let's pick it up here. Um, because the Levite and the priest, who are of his own blood, they don't help him. But listen to what the Good Samaritan does. We're going to unpack this. And we're going to go a little deep just for a moment because I want you to see this this morning. Luke chapter 10, verses 33 through 35. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Verse 35. The next day he took out two. Everybody say two. Two. We're going to come back to that. Two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Now, I love this story. I love this parable that Jesus teaches. And, and we'll tell who asked the question, where did this come from? How did we get here? Because I want you to have the context of this. But the Samaritan would have had every right not to help because of his preferences, because of who he was, his life, his walk. He didn't have to do that. In fact, the Jews hated them. They hated the Jews. They didn't, he didn't have to do that. Yet God shares... Through his son Jesus, while he's walking the earth, this story with the man who asked a very specific question, the greatness of this man for laying down his most personal preferences and helping somebody else. Helping a Jew. Oh my gosh, you're not supposed to do that. Well, let me just give you a couple thoughts here as we unpack this this morning. If we are true Christians, if you've come to the place where you've surrendered your life to Christ, 
then we are called to multiply and make disciples, right? Yeah, okay. Now, let me give you a point here. In order, I'm married to a math teacher. In order to multiply, you cannot divide. In order to multiply, we're not supposed to divide, okay? Now, and we can get into all... Right now, what you're doing is you're taking your Greek mind, your non-Jewish mind, and you're going, well, wait a second, if I could devise that, and then eventually I can multiply and it could work. I go backwards, I could figure it out. You're missing the point just like we do in the Good Samaritan story, and so don't miss the point this morning, okay? Stay with me. Prior to this parable, there was an expert in the law... A Jew who asked Jesus, he was an expert, he had it down, he knew the law inside and out, and he came to the greatest teacher, okay, Jesus, the Son of God, and he said, hey, Jesus, you know, I'm doing all the right stuff, I'm, you know, because he said, what am I supposed to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you know, love the Lord with all your God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself, and then he goes, and we think it's this great question, we think, wow, he's got a great heart, and the expert of the law goes, who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And so Jesus unpacks this story and says this. What Jesus was answering him was saying, the neighbor or your neighbor, my neighbor, is the one whose preferences you don't see eye to eye on. Even if it's at your very core. Oh, I don't, this is hard for me. This is a tough verse for me. And and what I have to realize is who's the main character in this story? Don't shout it out because I got it wrong for many years. Main character in this story, in my opinion, is the person who asked the question. Because Jesus is answering him and he's revealing things to the expert in the law that he didn't otherwise know. Main character is him. He goes, who's my neighbor? He wasn't asking this to be like, he already knew. He knew it. He was an expert in the law. He was trying to say, hey Jesus, you know what? I'm not going to look at the inside of my heart. I just want you to tell me. Which ones? He would have known already that the Samaritan was the neighbor in the story. He would have gotten that. And so Jesus uses this parable not to say, oh, look at how good the good Samaritan is. That wasn't the point. The point was rather the opposite. It was, look at how evil your own heart is. Ah! I mean, that's, that's a tough verse to swallow. Okay? And so we see... This Jew go from Jerusalem all the way down to Jericho. That journey, that journey actually goes down in elevation about 2,000 feet. And it's very windy. In fact, in Joshua 18, it talks about one spot on the road basically known as the blood pass. In other words, this is where people would be killed, left for... It was dangerous. You didn't go on this road. You wouldn't do this. But here's the whole thing. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, there's robbers and look at the Good Samaritan. we got to be Good Samaritans. That's one part of it, yes. But the other part of it is this. To realize that every single one of us are like that person on the road going, we're left for dead and none of us can help ourselves. We're left for dead. Without Christ as our Savior, we cannot receive eternal life. We can't do it. That's the point that he was trying to make and he was showing him in his heart that he could not do this. Now there's commentary, many commentaries, about why the priest and the Levite walked on the other side of the street. Can I just go deep with you just for like one second? Is that okay? Yeah? Okay. So think about this. Did the story of the Good Samaritan in history ever actually happen? What was it? It was a parable, wasn't it? What's a parable? A parable is something Jesus used in the context of his culture to get his point across to share about the kingdom of God. And so this story historically never happened. It was a story. It was a made-up story by Jesus to use. Because of that, in my opinion, and you can tell me about your thoughts later, but in my opinion, it didn't matter why 
the priest and the Levite didn't go to the other street. The only thing that matters is that they didn't. Don't focus on the things that we're not supposed to do. Focus on the things that we're supposed to. And that's our heart. Can I hear good amen from somebody this morning? Okay? The Samaritan, he goes and he pays two denarii. I looked at, you know, how much a denarii is worth. And, and, and basically, the cost of an inn, most likely in that day, would have been, one night would have cost one thirty-second of a denarii. So if you do the math, he paid for two months for him to be there. Why? Why? Because he was showing love that is uncomprehendable to you and me. It was love lavished that was not deserved. It went beyond preferences. It went beyond any human nature to show it. God's love, can I just say this? Knows no qualifications. And knows no qualifications. He was supposed to love that man just like he loved himself. Now here's a real tough question, but how many of us know we love ourselves just a little bit better than everybody else? We do. It's numero uno. We don't say it. In fact, well, no, it's all about others. But that's something we have to wrestle with all the time. All the time. What if, what if our preference decides who we qualify to love, to talk to, to not love, or to not talk to? Without us even thinking of it, it just happens. We're natural at it. We're so good at this. What if God gave you your preference not for division but for multiplication? You think he gave your preference to divide or to multiply? Why are there so many options for a burger? Why are there? Because we're all created differently. Okay? Every single one of us has different likes, different dislikes, but the same Savior who loves us. Now, let me, let me just get a little more punchy this morning. I'm begging you, let's show the world as a church something different. Can we do that? Let's show the world something different. Can we show the world unity? Now, unity doesn't, check me on this, doesn't affirm someone's belief. It affirms them as a person. There's a difference. There's a difference there. And so we have to stop expecting the world to get this right when us as the church still get it wrong. Oh, I don't like this message, Pastor Chris. I don't either if it makes you feel better because it reveals my heart. It reveals where it's at. Now, let me give you the next point here. Sometimes I believe we have more conviction in our preferences than we do in our Savior. check. Oh, thanks, Pastor Chris. In fact, we use our faith to rationalize our preferences. You know, one of, one of my favorite movies, and I don't know about you, I'm just going to say it from the pulpit. Don't, don't slaughter me. Most Christian movies are some of the cheesiest movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Most of them are like, we're putting that out, showing come to church because of that movie. No, thank you. Learn to act, please. You know? I mean, come on. But there's one that I really like, I really appreciate. Now, I'm going to step on some toes here, and I mean to. It's a movie called Unplanned. It's a great, one of the best Christian movies I had. It's about, it's about abortion, it's about pro-life, and, and in the movie, and I'm not here to get political with you, the Bible does talk about 
how God knew our thoughts in the, in the womb, you know, and, and that is, that's a biblical principle that I live by. But here's what I want to share about that movie, because it did a really good job displaying and depicting two different Christian groups. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It showed one Christian group that was very much like, you're going to die, you're going to burn. It was very judgmental and damnation towards those who had walked through that. And then you had another group on the other side that was like, we're going to love, we're going to put our arms around people, we're going to do life with them, we're, gonna, we're just going to show them, we're going to meet them where they need to be met, we're going we're gonna to go grab a burger together, we're going to talk it out, we're going to be open to this conversation, we're not going to judge, we're just going to love, we're going to stand here and be the church that Christ asked us to be, we're going to walk it out even though, and, and here's what they did, they realized that some people had gone through some of the worst things that they've ever had to walk through, and they go, hey, we're going we're gonna to do life, and so it depicted it very, very relevantly to our, our day. But I think we have to be careful not to rationalize our preference and defend it by our faith. Word of caution. One word of caution here. There are some, and I want to be very careful here this morning, there are some common Christian core principles that will divide and they're meant to. There's some that are meant to. One is the fact that the only way to inherit eternal life, the only way to receive it is through Jesus Christ. If you think there's any other way, there's not. I have banked my entire life on that belief. I will give my life for that belief. I will live my life to my very core and everything, every conviction with that belief. That is my core principle of what motivates my every move. Jesus is not on my priority list. He is at the center of every priority I have. That's the Jesus in whom I serve. And so we have some core principles that the Bible shares. We need to hold on to those. Those are tough for others. And so we open up to those conversations. Let me say this. Never let your personal preference take the place of God's instruction. Don't let your personal preference take the place of God's instruction. Can I just say this? Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you've had a disagreement? Well, no one's ever disagreed with me. Wow, all right. Okay. Have you ever had a theological disagreement with somebody? Oh, every Wednesday night we have some here at church. It's awesome. You know what? Every, every week, we're doing this study called Deep Right Now. And we get together every Wednesday night. Those that are laughing know what I'm talking about because they're there from 6.30 to 7.30. And we have a blast. You can still come and join us. It's open to anybody. We're going through the book of Revelation. And can I see, say that we all just see it the same? That's a lie. We don't. We look at it differently. And we're, we're understanding. We're learning from each other. And we keep going to the core. And the last thing that we do every single time is we pray and we say, God, no matter where we're at in our differentiation in our theology, may you impact our heart and may it allow us to serve you better. May it make us better Christians as we learn from each other. Because some of us, you know, there's different thoughts in the book of Revelation. I'm not going to get into that. You've got to come Wednesday for that. Now, I want to give you one more Scripture that this is this is the one that just got to me because we have to realize that the person next to you, the person you're married to, your offspring even, might not always do what you ask them to. In fact, they might have a great argument for why they don't. You might not see eye to eye. And that's okay. And so I want to ask you this morning to allow your preferences not to get in the way of what God wants to do in and through you. So let me give you one more scripture reference, and this is the second one I told you to go to. Go with me to Genesis chapter 29. 
Now this one's really interesting to me. And, and it says this. Let me, let me start it out. I'm just going to read 16 through 18. So turn with me. It says, Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. So Jacob's out here. They find out they're in the same bloodline. He can marry into the family. And so he sees Rachel and he's like, ah. I mean, it's just like, you know, just, you know, eyes pop out. I mean, he's like, man, she is a hottie with the body is what he's thinking. All right. That's literally what's going on in his mind. Okay. Did the pastor really just say that from the pulpit? Yeah, he did. All right. And so he's like, he's infatuated with her. Maybe it was pheromones. I don't know. But like, he's just, you know, smells like manure because they're farmers. But, you know, he's just going, man, this is the one I want. And he goes up to Laban and he does everything respectfully. And, you know, his father-in-law to be, hey, what, what do I have to do? I mean, I just, I just want her. Like, I'm in love with her. And he says here, I'll work for you seven years in return, man. Like, se- seven years? Okay, let's be honest. Would you work seven years for your spouse? Yes. We have a newlywed. All right. (laughs) Bus, Derek, crash, destruction. All right. Chris. Worked seven years for this woman he loves. And so he does it. He's working seven years. And, and I got to tell you, if he really is in love with Rachel, don't you think like he would give his all when he's working those fields? I mean, he's like, I mean, he's like pumping iron. He's like, look at this tattoo, Laban. Come on. Like, my bicep is bulging. I mean, like, I'm the greatest guy for your daughter ever. You want this, don't you? You know, I mean, he's just strutting his stuff, all right? So it all ends up really so great. Just read on with me. When morning came, verse 25, when morning came, there was Leah. What? So what, what did he just, do? you realize what he just did, right? Like, this is, uh-oh, this is not good, okay? He was with Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this that you've done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? And Laban replied, he goes, whoa, it's, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Well, that'll make it right. I mean, 14, you know, seven years so far. Yeah, sure. Finish this daughter's brought a week. Then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. Now, you, now we're not going to get into the theology of the wives of the Old Testament and all this today. We're not going to get into the whole, you know, is that true with what Laban said? I, I don't want you, you can read that on your own. You know, I, I jokingly say, you know why today that man can only have one wife, right? And that's because the Bible says, Man cannot serve two masters. That is taken out of context. I just want to make that very well known. Put yourself in Jacob's shoes for a second. Told you it was going to be rowdy this morning. Put yourself in Jacob's shoes. You're in love with this woman. And you're like, man, I'm going to serve seven years. And you get to that seven years and and you go and, and... you have intimate relations together. You wake up and, and you're like, that is not the face that I was in love with. I mean, that's, that's an awkward situation, make, becoming more awkward. And then he's like, what, what do I have to do? Well, you're going to have to follow our tradition, work seven more. There's a little deception there. And he does it. He does it. 
Now, he preferred Rachel, not Leah. In fact, there's stories, and you read in Genesis, the rest of the book of Genesis, talks about their offspring, whom he loved more, who he saw more. I mean, this is really where you get the story of Joseph from. This is the root of it. Rachel wasn't able to... Well, you have to read and find out. I'm going to leave a little teaser for you. But Leah, he didn't love as much. Put yourself in her shoes. Put yourself in any of their shoes. All of them had preferences they brought to that table. And yet Jacob was patiently enduring. He didn't give up. He stayed with it. And I don't know about you. I don't that's that's tough. 14 years. 14 years. Let me just say this. We're in this series called Lighten Up. Please. Please, please, please. Think of Jacob. If he can wait 14 years, his preference is one woman. He gets the other. If he can walk through that, if the man of the law can walk through what he did, the expert in the law, then maybe we can with our preferences in our culture today. So we got to lighten up with it. we got to lighten up with our preferences. Your preference is not absolute truth. Hate to break it to you. I mean, we feel like it is. Your preference is not your God. We need to bring, as if you're a Star Wars fanatic, Star Wars or Star Trek. We need to bring balance to the Force. Okay? Or, that, that's if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're a Star Trek fan like me, you got to learn to live in the neutral zone. Okay? It's okay for us to be there. Our desire at church is to have what's called a balanced church. You have person in worship that love to just sing loudly and boldly and lift their hands to Jesus and praise Him. And then you have someone who goes, they stand there, and we end up judging that person. Well, they're not worshiping. We can't see their hands. We don't know what's in their heart. God, forgive us for looking at the externals when only He knows the heart. We want a church where maybe you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it says you'll speak in other tongues. That's kind of scary scripture. It freaks a lot of people out. But what if we have a church where some people do and some people don't? Are we okay with that? What's our preference? My preference is, are we pursuing the Holy Spirit with our life? Are we pursuing the Holy Spirit? Let me show you this friend of mine again. I want you to get him in your... Get them in your mind here before we close. It's not about hammy and our preferences. Okay? It's about loving the person. The whole story of the Good Samaritan was about the expert in the law who asked the question, who's my neighbor? Because it was his heart that needed saving, not the person on the road. That was a story that God used for him to see the truth. Let me end with this. There's only one bigger preference example I can see in all of the Bible, and it's in Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Jesus says this, he's praying, he says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Well, if you know about the cup, there's there's a lot of studies on the cup, there's books been written about the cup, there's a lot done on this, and just we're out of time, so let me just say this. This was the cup of God's wrath. That was meant for you and meant for me. And Jesus realizes that all of God's wrath from beginning to ending of time is now going to be poured out on him. And Jesus is sitting there going, here's his prayer. Father, 
and he had relation with the Father. If you're willing, please take this, please. But then, I love this next part. And this is something we need to learn from our Savior. He said, yet it's not my will, not my preference, but yours. Because, Father, I know you sent me because you love them. That is the God in whom we get to serve. What was Jesus' preference according to this? My answer to that is his love for you and his dedication and devotion to his Father. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for sending your Son, Jesus. I pray that no one would leave here today until they make a commitment to you. Lord, if they've made that commitment to you, if they've said, God, forgive me, Lord, meet me where I need to be met today. Would they serve you all the days of their life? And Father, for those of us that have allowed our preference to get in there, would you allow us to die to that preference? Would you allow us to be the church? Would you allow us to to be the friend, to be the life-giving force to those that you've placed in our midst? Would you be with us in that, God? Would you heal us? Lord, if there's areas areas of forgiveness we need in our heart, would you forgive us of those this morning? Lord, I know I have that. I know there's areas in my heart that need to be healed. Preferences that I make God's. God, forgive me. Allow me to serve you. And allow me to die to those preferences. Help that not get in the way of what you want to do. And in through us. I know we're over time, but I want you to do one thing before I dismiss you. I want you to grab out your phone. Some of you have really good phones. Some of you have... Never mind. Just grab your phone. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do before you leave. I'm going to ask you to take one giant action step. I don't want to give you a bunch of information and then and we forget about it two hours later after we go and order cheeseburgers. Here's what I want to ask you to do right now. Either make a reminder, either a reminder or a note of two different things. One, where you know there's a preference that you're holding on to that God's working on. It might take more than a two-minute prayer to work through. Or you know you're going to have a conversation with somebody or you know you're supposed to have a conversation with somebody this week to come and I want you to be the church don't let your preference get in the way and just mark a note whatever you need to do to know that when you get to that point you remember this time that we had together right now and you make a godly choice that's what I'm going to ask you to do for your action step this week have a fantastic week we've got membership not today but next Sunday after church from 1145 to 1245 on your way out grab some coffee say hi to somebody that you have a different preference with and we'll see you this week everybody this has been a podcast of the bridge church have a great week stop in Sunday sometime and visit If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.